Welcome to the Marketing for Greatness podcast, where professionals and entrepreneurs from all around the world come to learn expert level marketing and sales secrets. We believe in the power of knowledge. We give you what you love to receive when you're craving for great content. Real, clear, and specific actionable items with inspiration to take action. Here's your host, Jessica, and this podcast is going to teach you everything you need so you can activate your greatness. Welcome, everybody. Um, if you're joining me through the streaming, uh, I know we uh, were supposed to do it via Facebook Live, but for some reason I could not log in. And uh, we are streaming in another channel today, giving you access so you can have uh, this amazing content. But if you miss it, don't worry. Um, it's coming to you via this amazing podcast. And I am committed, committed to um, share my wisdom as much as I can. Honestly, the podcast is easier for me because I don't have to have the full um, makeup and hair and all that because it's my voice. Now, um, to be honest with you, um, sharing um, me doing it, <laughs> um, you know, you see me on my pages and all that, it's, it's a bit intimidating. But I am game on. Again, you know, my uh, vision and my goal for this particular year is visibility and um, it's, it's game on. Okay. Now, today I want to talk about how can I be more spiritual? This question is inspired by a question from one of my friends. Um, she asked if I could talk about um, spirituality in business. And I kept thinking about what she meant and reflected around this concept of spirituality. That's a great, great, great question. How can I be more spiritual? Have you ever wondered um, if you are a spiritual person? Have you ever wondered if you are somebody that it's consciously and intentionally bringing that level of advancement and expansion um, to your life? I have to tell you that these words, uh, spirituality, expansion, life purpose, they didn't resonate with me at all uh, 10 years ago. You know, I was not educated about the concept on, you know, awareness or even like uh, starting a journey. I mean, those those were not words that were not in my vocabulary. To be honest with you, um, when I hit rock bottom, uh, when my law firm went downhill, I started questioning. I started questioning, God, like, why this is so difficult? Why other people have it so easily? And it seems like to me, every time that I try to get back up, um, I, I just, you know, get pushed back. Okay. So it, it's part of the reasons, to be honest with you, why I'm writing my book, because I have been challenged uh, and adversity has visited my life so many times that when I see my seasons in life, they are all related to adversity. Okay. So um, just to give you a couple of examples, um, my first uh, meeting with adversity, um, you know, 
besides of the way that I grew up and besides of the things that when you grow up and you think that your house is just normal and you discover that, no, it's, it's very dysfunctional. Besides from all of that, you know, when I was, you know, um, older, right. Um, adversity hit me, um, when I got divorced, you know, I became a single mom, um, by surprise, you know, I was not expecting that I was not ready for that. You know, nobody gets married to and divorced. Okay. So, um, finding myself as a single mom and especially questioning what else I'm going to do in life, you know, now what I have, I have a girl. Now I have this status of divorced woman. I was young. Um, and, uh, but still it doesn't really matter. Right. I mean, you have to stand up. You have to just push through and then. I felt like I, I reinvented myself. You know, I became successful as a single mom, as an independent, uh, contractor, which turned into then a business owner. I mean, my law firm basically started with me from my condo. Um, one day when I said, you know, I'm no longer working for this other law firm that they just wanted a lot of hours from me and had no flexibility with, you know, me bringing my daughter to work. And that's how I started. So that chapter of me overcoming the status of a divorced woman and really recovering from my heart, you know, I, I faced uh, being betrayed. I faced uh, being uh, somebody that all of a sudden their future like gets compromised because when you grow up and you plan your life and you're thinking, okay, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to go to college, I'm going to get a job, um, you know, in the meantime, we're going to get married, we're going to have kids, we're going to have a home, and you do all that, and you're thinking in a very linear way, and when when you understand, and especially for the very first time, when you understand that things don't go the way you plan, things go the way they should be, depending on what you're destined to become, um, <laughs> It hurts, right? It hurts. So that was my first official uh, adversity graduation, okay? Um, so I recovered, and then I'm like, okay, I'm ready to find the love of my life. And then um, at that season, um, even though I recovered from my emotional and relationship um, and family, uh, I would say adversity, right? You know, I, I basically finally got open to have a new relationship and I thought that okay now this season is going to be over now my life is going to be all back to the way that it was supposed to be I have my degree I have my you know law firm we're just very very solid we're growing and from here you know I just will be retired before I hit 40 so do you know that that's what I said I said that I wanted to be retired by the age of 40. By then I was 27. Okay. So <laughs> until I realized that, no, that's not it. You're not really meant to come to this planet to be retired at the age of 40. That doesn't work in that way, Jessica. Um, yeah. So I got married, um, thinking that I was going to be retiring, um, when I turned 40. Um, and recession hit the economy. Um, and that was when, um, the mortgage crisis happened. Um, banks got crazy. Everything stopped in that industry. 
um, you know, there was an avalanche of losses. Um, my practice was wiped out. I was doing real estate law. Um, my condo in San Juan was wiped out. My property, um, you know, by then Tom and I had purchased property in Connecticut. Um, with some savings that I had, and I put all of that there, um, and the property went from three forty seven to one ninety. So that's me, uh, two thousand nine. Um, questioning one more time, like, okay, what is this? Why is this happening? Why every time that I go back up, something happens and I lose it all. Um, in fact, the story keeps going. That was not the, the last loss. Okay. That was not the last loss. And, um, before I go into sideways, I, I need to tell you that, um, sometimes it's hard not to believe that another loss is coming simply because I have just seen that pattern over and over and over that right now I feel like my company is getting momentum. I, I feel really, really solid. And my mind immediately takes me to think, wait, wait, you know how it is, you know, what comes up, it's going to go down. And, you know, it's, it's sad. It's sad because I should not be thinking in that way. However, this takes us to talk about the practicality of spirituality. Um, I was lost. I was lost. I, I could not find any, um, any wisdom or any comforting words, um, reading the traditional spiritual, uh, content that I had, which was the Bible, religion. I just could not find those answers there. I could not. Um, and I remember that that opened my curiosity for spirituality that really opened my curiosity to raise my awareness. And that's that's where we start. It's in self-awareness. Self-awareness is where you ask yourself or when you ask yourself, um, who am I? You know, um, why am I here? Why was I born in this place and not in another one? Had I born, had, had was I born, um, you know, what if instead of, you know, being born in Puerto Rico, um, I was born in India, you know, how my life would have been. Um, and you start asking those questions. And I don't know if we can um, have an interaction here, guys, but uh, certainly when you are listening to this, I would love to hear your feedback. Um, have you asked those questions? I, I, I know that I'm not crazy. Okay. Um, in those moments, you really, really question. You question God. You question life, you question purpose, you question like, why? I mean, I was just so frustrated. And I mainly the frustration came not because I was not ready to fight back. I mean, I, that's the only thing I know, right? It's fighting back. Um, but it was like, I'm tired of getting tired of seeing the same cycle over and over and over. It's adversity. It's like, you know, nothing can be stable ever. And that's, that was my first connection with spirituality. That was when I first started to really understand, well, you know, <laughs> uh, this is how awareness starts. And it, it's, it's been a very beautiful journey. I have been in this path of discovering my spirituality and learning more about myself 
And the more I do it, the more I realize that the less I know myself. Okay. And I put a list of things that, um, I think it will be very, very helpful. Um, I'm not a spiritual guru. Okay. I, I believe in being practical. Um, I love reading. So I've been reading a lot about that, uh, concept. I have gotten certifications in different spirituality modalities and practices, things that I don't even share because I consider those to be personal. I consider that my personal journey. And then I do share with some of my friends who are um, in agreement with that personal journey that I have. Some of my friends, actually, I have met them through seeking that um, voice and seeking that connection with people who are in, 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 I don't know if the word is synchronicity or, um, they're synchronized, you know, they're in alignment with what I'm feeling at the moment. So, um, how can it be more spiritual? I have a list for you. So if you want to write down, it's actually five things. The first one, um, as far as how can you start a spiritual practice is be others oriented. What you realize is that when you start questioning, especially when you're frustrated and when you're seeing adversity and facing adversity and questioning and, and feeling adversity, period, it's, it's going to be very easy to get trapped into the me, 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 me. Why this is happening to me? Why? And then you get trapped into that. You know, that's your ego. Okay. That's your ego. And the reality is that it could have been worse. And when you put your situation into perspective and you turn yourself into the other side of your spirit, because remember, or maybe you don't believe in this, but if you do believe in spirituality, you know, it, it's mind, right? It's, it's body. And then it's our soul. Our soul is its energy, right? It's, it can be everywhere. It, it can, be transporting to some other place right now. So when we are others oriented, it's almost like we are going to be able, I'm glad that my daughter left this toy here. So um it, it's almost like you're going to be able to just say, okay, you are my spirit right now. And I'm kind of, you know, facing you, which is you're my spirit. <laughs> this is the horsey. So I have like a little pony in front of me. So, you know, imagine that the little pony, it's going to be you, but it's a spiritual you. It's your spirituality. And you can say, well, you know, you are facing this situation right now, but let me show you what this other person is facing. Let me show you their life. Okay. And then you let your pony take you to see, right? What is this pony seeing on the other side of the spectrum? And uh, when you do that, and when you practice how to be others oriented, you start healing. You start feeling better. You stop questioning because you you start allowing things to happen to you and realize that, and this is a quote that many people say many, many, many times, um, I believe it's one of the popular uh, quotes from Tony Robbins. Um, life is not about what happens to you. It's the way that you respond to it. Okay. 
Um, and when you are adopting the practice of being others oriented, you then can respond to things differently and in a much more elevated way, in a much more, the word is not professional. It will be in a much more wise way. Okay. Be others oriented. Be others oriented also means that you have Every day, you know, when you think about what am, am I going to do, don't just think about you. You know, one of the things I've been doing more in, in my, in my business, uh, is I realized that the more people I help, okay, the more people I help, the more I get. Okay. And sometimes that help that I am facilitating, it is not in exchange for a monetary, uh, you know, value. Okay. Sometimes helping somebody, um, it is as simple as saying, Hey, how are you? You know, how can I help you today? Who do you want to meet? You know, what do you need? Do you need to learn something? Hey, check this information. I thought about you. That doesn't cost you anything, anything. And that is still putting yourself in alignment with you being at service for other people. You are given gifts. You are given talents. So those talents and those gifts are not meant to be there so that you get, you know, rich. It's not about that. You know, if you read the science of getting rich, you then will understand your talents and your gifts are the things that you can use so that when you have no money, you can leave off your talents. You can ignite the formula to receive abundance in life with your talents, okay? However, that doesn't mean that the formula and the engine to activate abundance and to receive abundant things start with you always, always having to receive something in exchange. You give and you make sure that you believe that you are going to receive back the blessings in many other ways and sometimes in a much bigger way than you originally thought be others oriented that's number one number two be connected the work being connected with myself has been used in different ways um has different synonyms you know let's just say that um you can say here be in alignment. Um, and if you are not really understanding what the heck is that? <laughs> because let's, you know, I understand that, you know, when I was facing adversity, if you would tell me, Oh, get connected, Jessica, be in alignment. I mean, alignment with what? I mean, this sucks. What do you want me to tell you? This sucks. Okay. So sometimes being connected and being in alignment just means Avoid friction. Let's just start with that very basic. You avoid friction. Stay away from things that feel icky. Start there. If, if you are starting to feel icky about something, that is your intuition talking to you. Respond. Respond. How many of you quit your job recently? Can you relate with this? When you were about to quit your job, didn't you start feeling that bug 
that something is icky? How many of you end up something recently? Can you relate with what I'm saying? Did you realize like, oh, but this doesn't feel good. And then you try to convince yourself that it should be feeling good because you start like, again, convincing yourself that you should be tolerating the just okay and you stay there, but you still feel icky. And the more you wait to pull the trigger and make that decision and do the change that you need to do, ah, the worse it gets and you get sick. Do you know that sometimes you can get sick physically? Like you get, you know, all of a sudden, like your, your back hurts or you break your foot or something happens. And that's your body saying, I told you, if you're not going to listen to what I'm saying, I'm going to make sure that your body tells you. So you stop and you really analyze what I'm trying to tell you. That's spirit talking to you. Avoid friction. That was number two. Number three, practice flow. Okay. Practicing flow, it's one of my favorite new things to discover, um, mainly because I am very, very hyper. I mean, my brain doesn't stop. Um, I'm always into producing things. I'm always creating things. I'm always solving things and solving problems that people don't even, I don't think people think, you know. But uh, practice flow means that you're going to allow yourself to be in the present moment. And, and really being conscious about what you are feeling with all the senses. Um, what do I smell? Um, what do I see? How can I sense? This is why actually before I started, uh, recording today, I said, Oh, I need to organize my space. You know, why? Because my eyes are not happy with what they see. Too much clutter, too much clutter. And that doesn't help with flow. Being in the flow means being in the present moment and avoiding distractions. You have to check your environment. And if you are not having a clean environment and an organized environment, it's not going to help you with the flow. Trust me there. And you can start doing the test. Clean up your car. Clean it up completely. If you can't do yourself, you if you don't want to do it yourself, you don't have to. Okay. But take it some, somewhere. And let them to clean your car completely inside all the vacuum, all the polish, you know, tell, tell them to do all of this royalty treatment for your car. And then you tell me how you feel when you drive that car. You'll feel great. And that's how you can test that if you can do the same exercise in other things in your life where your environment is not truly helping you, that's the way to practice how to be more in the flow state of mind. Number four, listen to your intuition. Um, I don't think we are wired to believe that we are intuitive. I believe that for many, many years, I think uh, cultural, I think um, religion, I don't know why. Uh, I don't know, you know, honestly, um, it doesn't really bother me to try to find why. Um, I think Information comes to you when you need it. Um, and I just need to believe and that gives me peace. Um, but I, I believe that everybody has the ability to be intuitive. Um, one of my best things I did last year was to go to a retreat with horses. And, um, I always heard that horses were very intuitive, always heard that horses could talk to you, but at the same time, I was skeptical. But then I, I 
realized by doing that uh, retreat and um, being exposed to see the horses and see how they behave and how do they integrate in nature and how do they integrate with others in a way that they do relationships, right? Um, it's completely, completely high level intuition. So the more I learned on the benefits of listening to my intuition, the more I feel that I grew spiritually. Um, sometimes listening to that intuition is going to make you feel icky about things and you have to learn how to pivot, how to respond quickly, how to act in and say, mm, no, this doesn't really feel good. I learned something called muscle testing. Um, Google that. You can, if you have a healer or an energy healer, you know, a practitioner near you, um, talk to them about um, how can they teach you to do muscle testing because your body has the answers. And number five, practice, practice, and practice. In my book, I say that finding your life purpose is like finding your G-spot, okay? And <laughs> sorry if you are a life coach and you have your method to help people to find their life purpose, in my very personal opinion, I believe that everybody has its own DNA um, in the spiritual code. And uh, in that code, there is a programming where they are going to be led to find the path, their vision in their own way. Okay. So the only thing that they need to do is to take action and to move forward. You will know, you will know. And yes, there are some steps that if you're working with a mentor um, and somebody that cares for you and somebody that listens to your heart, they will tell you um, some advice, but I feel like you always can advise yourself because if you're true to yourself uh, and if you're connected with yourself and you are willing to be in, in a higher vibration, and especially when you get more involved into the spiritual practice, um, you get to understand, I don't really need this person to tell me this. I mean, I know this. Um, I'm good. I'm a big girl now, you know. It has to do with your self-worth and uh, self-awareness. Uh, and that's how you practice. Um, I like to think that when I do things, I do them because I feel like doing them. Um, and I have learned more and more how to detach myself from my end result. Why? Because, because every time when I have done something with an attachment to a result, my results don't work. But every time when I have done things with a 100% chance to fail and I have detached from the results that I want, Things and being amazingly better, better than I would have ever imagined, ever, ever imagined. So that's my best advice on how can I be more spiritual. Um, in terms of business, you are your business. Your values are part of your business, especially if you're following the most solid model 
to build a business these days and build a business that can leave a legacy, um, you're building a brand. And if you're building a brand, your spiritual practice will be built with it and within. So it's, it's, it's like when it comes to the business woman or business man or business person within you, there should not be any difference between the business persona of you and you. You are you in business. You are you in your heart. You are you as a mom, as a dad, as a daughter in the different roles, but be you. That is what is going to allow you to be confident, trust, practice this spirituality and avoid friction. If you just do that, and if you're consistent, and if you are uh, practicing with perseverance, um, it's going to work. Trust me, it's going to work. If it has worked for me, um, it will work for anybody. I completely believe this. Um, this is part of the content, guys, that it's part of my book, Born to be Unicorn. I completely uh, convinced myself that with a 100% chance of failing, I wanted to write a book on spirituality and positivity and happiness and how to face the unicorn stage of yourself, regardless of adversity, realize that I'm a master at reinventing myself and realize that I don't want to die with those words inside me and those messages inside me. Um, it was shocking to see my daughter um, wanting to read it. And I was like, oh, okay, let me put more time and, you know, heart into this because they will read it. They will read it at some point. And my granddaughters and my grandkids and all of that, you know, it's it's how do you, you start thinking about how can I leave a legacy, right? Um, that's it. That's it. I, I don't want to uh, hold you hostage here for so long. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for allowing me to inspire you or advise you or helping you to think in a way that maybe you were not thinking before. And if you have discoveries after this conversation, after this content, tell me, tell me. I'll be super curious to hear what do you think if you practice, if you learn how to do muscle testing, if you learn how to avoid the friction, if you experience your body uh, getting icky and getting sick, and then you were saying, you were you could think, oh my God, I realized that I got sick because I was dealing with my issue in my head about the decision that I needed to make. <laughs> so things like that, guys. Um, let's stay tuned. Let's stay connected. Make sure that you see the links that we are leaving in this episode so you can be notified when the book is out and all of the updates and be part of our tribe. Wow! <laughs> Thank you. This episode of the Marketing for Greatness podcast has ended, but be sure to subscribe for more expert level marketing and sales secrets. Don't forget to visit our website, marketingforgreatness.com. The Greatness blog produces fresh content all the time. Make sure you allow notifications to get updates immediately.